Hey listeners, we have a new show for you. Portland-based anti-fascist Sean Kellyer was killed in 2019, months before the uprising that would bring Portland international attention. Nearly two years later, his homicide remains unsolved. His mother, Laura, believes she hasn't received justice because of police hatred for her son and his politics. Dying for a Fight, the second installment of Something Else's Fault Line series, goes in search of answers. What happened the night Sean was killed? Why have no arrests been made? Who are the Americans living at the political extremes? And how did things escalate from Portland to the Capitol? Listen now to new episodes of The Fault Line, Dying for a Fight, every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. And here's a new sneak peek of the pod. Fucking punch him in the face. Some of the most hateful individuals. Like, it's just a trash hole down there. It's it's sad. They think they're fighting for their country. I'm fighting for my country, too. In 2020, the things that have been building for years in America came to the surface and Portland, Oregon was at the bleeding edge. It's a city that in the public imagination is little more than hipsters running coffee shops and microbreweries. But while every city had some days of racial justice protests, Portland had more than 100. While some cities had Proud Boys and anti-fascists yell at each other, Portland saw them draw blood. I'm Sergio Olmos. I've covered these protests night after night. And I've been covering political extremism for years, from rallies that were just a handful of people to all-out brawls that made national headlines. And last year, I watched as more people across the country were pulled into this world of political street fights. I was at more than 100 nights of those protests in 2020. Almost every night, police would bull rush into crowds, throw flashbangs at people, and cover entire city blocks in tear gas. Police documented using force on people at least 6,000 times. The Justice Department said the Portland police often violated its own use of force policies. Most nights I'd go home bruised, my skin burning, and my ears ringing. And then it went to another level. Federal officers would storm the city. One person would suffer a severe brain injury at the hands of those officers. The mayor was tear gassed. I saw one person get murdered, take his last breath on a city street all over politics. We actually do a menu every month, so for every day, so everything's planned really? out. Yeah. And I want to tell you about one woman who, like me, was out there night after night. Because I'm the one that cooks all the time. This is Laura Kellier. She gardens, she likes to cook for her family, and she doesn't suffer fools. She takes no bullshit. If you got something in your teeth, she'll tell you. Did you see me out there? I saw you out there. We actually, and you don't remember, kind of hurts my feelings. I was with somebody who knew you, and you're like, oh, Sergio, this is Sean's mom. And you were like, oh, hey. And then you went off. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever, bitch, bye. <laughs> On June 26, 2020, Laura Kellier joined protesters. 
quickly and had a few drinks and I had some liquid courage. And so I'm like, no. This night in June 2020, the crowd was big. The police were outside the Multnomah County Justice Center, which is home to the Central Precinct and local county jail. It was a special night for Laura. It was her son's birthday, and she didn't linger at the back of the protest where it was safe. Do you remember how close were you from the police? I was in his face. In his face? Yes. And were they wearing riot gear? Yes. How did that feel? It felt exhilarating, and it kind of felt like I was channeling Sean, to be honest. Some people were out there for racial justice. Some people went out there to fight the police, and some people went out there for revolution. For Laura, all those things apply, but she was also out there to be close to her son's spirit. For Laura, this is a kind of ghost story. I kind of wanted to do it too so I could just say he's there. Her son, Sean Kellier, was dead. He had been dressing in all black, protesting the police. But on what should have been his 24th birthday, Laura was there in the streets in his place. I had no fear. Because I'm like, what, what the fuck are you going to do? My kid's already dead. So I went up to them, very forcefully up to the police with Sean's picture and was yelling and screaming. And then all of a sudden, I felt all these hands on me, behind me. The people in the crowd, many of whom were Sean's friends, were standing in support with Laura. I mean, it was it was beautiful. Because, like, so much so support and protection for me, the police backed off. They actually moved their line back. Sean Kellier for most of his life was on the fringe, and he was killed before so many others started taking the same actions he took. Police say an SUV crashed into a building and someone fired shots into that vehicle. To this day, Sean's homicide is unsolved. So for Laura, the uprising is hard. Any one of the people dressed in all black, yelling at the cops, could have been her son. Seeing people in black block, even though some of it gives me joy, I still look for him. Behind each of these people that has a mask on is a real person with a real story. Not glad that he's dead, but he was a fucking terrorist. Portland is a disaster. These are really sick, disturbed people. This is an unprecedented security breach in the Capitol. From something else in Oregon Public Broadcasting, this is The Fault Line, Season 2, Dying for a Fight. The story of the life and death of Sean Kellier the story of the radical at the extreme end of American politics before American politics became extreme. The Fault Line, dying for a fight every Monday wherever you get your podcasts.